Amen. Thank you, RCF. God bless you. Amen. And Pastor Katani, God bless you. Amen. When the Lord caused Pastor Felix and I to meet a number of years ago, uh, quote unquote, by accident, it wasn't an accident. Amen. God had a plan and purpose, and over the many years that we got to know each other, we, got, we really, really got to love one another and appreciate the gift of God in each of us. And I have always and will continue to hold him in high regard for the great pastor and the great friend he was uh, to me personally. Uh, I stand before you, I guess, with mixed emotions. I'm honored that I can play the role that I am about to play. I just wish I didn't have to do it but I'm honored that I can. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you to the Restoration family for the support you did give to Pastor Felix while he was here among us and for the support you continue to give to Pastor Patani. Thank God that during this time of transition, uh, many of you have let her know that you stand with her. And many of you have made an even greater commitment to the vision of this house. And God is certainly pleased with that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come in Jesus' name, knowing that you are God and that you have a plan and purpose for our lives, and some of which we understand and some of which we don't. We know that we look through a glass darkly, but we anticipate the day when all things will be made clear and everything will make sense. Thank you for the grace you give us to walk by faith and to do the things you've called us to do and not to be hampered or discouraged or unwilling to slow down. We commit ourselves afresh and anew to you and to the vision for restoration. Thank you for your presence here today, Holy Spirit, and for what you will say to us and what you will do in us this morning. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5. And restoration, I, I wanted to, to speak to you uh, for a short, short time. I hope, hopefully that won't be too long. Um, but I want to talk about the need to embrace change, the need to embrace change, because change has happened. Change is happening, and change will happen. And I'm not just speaking of accidental change. I'm not just speaking of the kind of change that happens because life happens. I'm talking about change that is that is designed, change that is intentional. I'm talking about the kind of changes that God himself initiates uh, in his kingdom um, that are part of his plan uh, for us individually, part of his plan for the church, and part of his plan for the kingdom of God. Changes that are by design, that are for our good, and for his glory. 
the ability to embrace change is not a luxury. It is essential, essential to the advancing of God's kingdom, essential to the increase of God's church, and essential for your personal growth and development. Let me repeat that. The capacity to embrace change is not a luxury, it is essential. It is essential for the advancement of God's kingdom that we embrace change. It is essential for the increase of God's church and program that we are able to embrace change. It is essential for our own personal growth and development that we are able to embrace change. Change is essential, uh, but change is not always easy. And for some people, it's almost impossible. And so in Luke chapter five, Jesus is actually dealing with a specific uh, issue that came to him, but he's also saying a lot about change. And I want us to look at this passage because I believe we're gonna see a number of truths that are very applicable for, for restoration at this time, this time of transition. So we look at Luke chapter five, and let's begin reading at verse 27. And after these things, he, Jesus, went forth and saw a publican named Levi, that's Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto Matthew, Levi, follow me. And he left all, rose up, and follow Jesus. I like that. He left all. If you're going to follow Jesus, follow him. Amen. Amen. Don't have step. Don't have one foot in and one foot out. Amen. If you're going to follow him, follow him. And so Jesus called Matthew. And the Bible says this publican left all and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. So there were a lot of people there. The house was packed that day. Don't know whether they were there because they were so excited about meeting Jesus or whether it was because of all the food and all the wine. Uh, I suspect they were motivated more by the second than by the first. But, but, the, but the, <laughs> the house was packed that day. Everybody showed up. And by the way, that's a good way to do evangelism. You can leave the wine out, but give some people food. Amen. Invite folks to your house. Invite, they, they often respond to that, and that becomes an opportunity for you to introduce Christ. So Matthew, having encountered Christ and being transformed by that encounter, invited his public and friends, and they showed up in large numbers that night. And then verse 30 says, says but. <laughs> Unfortunately, many times when God is doing wonderful things and God is at work, there are those who uh, will stand from the outside and observing what is happening will fail to appreciate what God is doing. And this is what is happening here. The scribes and Pharisees, they're not part of the party. They're observing from a distance, but they have a lot to say about what they see. And so the scripture says, but the scribes, the, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees murmured, they complained, they whined against his disciples saying, and here, here, here's the first question they asked. Why do you eat and drink with publicans 
and sinners. Now, you know, embedded in that question are many other questions, thoughts, and attitudes. We'll get to some of that. And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. In the passage we're going to read, Jesus will make four different statements, and we're going to look at those four statements briefly and see what they have to say to us through the, during this time of transition. Here's the first statement Jesus states, says. He didn't come looking for the righteous, so-called righteous. He came looking for sinners. Hallelujah. And then they asked another question. Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours, they're always eating and drinking? What's up with that, Jesus? 34, and he said unto them, Can ye make the children the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken, away from them, and then they shall fast in those days. That's, that's the, the second statement that Jesus makes here in response to their questions. And then in verse 36, Jesus gives us two different parables. He spake unto, also a parable unto them, saying, No man puts a piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. In other words, this is what Jesus is saying. In order to repair an old garment, you don't take a new garment and destroy it. In order to fix that which is old, because by doing so, you destroy something that is good, and at the end of the day, what you did won't work because they won't match. So you've destroyed that which is new and good to try to repair and fix that which is old and should be gotten rid of. And at the end of the day, you destroyed what was good and what you got didn't work. And then in verse 37, Jesus says, No man puts new wine into old bottles, old wineskins, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new wineskins or bottles, and both are preserved. Here's what is happening. The, the wine, the new wine, when placed into the wineskin, would exert pressure that would require the wineskin to stretch, expand, in order to contain the new wine that had been placed into it. But when the wine skin has stretched and has stretched, at some point it loses its capacity to continue to stretch. It becomes set in its way. And when you now try to put something new, the wine of the spirit, the wine of grace, that which exerts pressure and that which is moving, the, the new wine exerts the kind of pressure that the old wineskin is no longer able to accommodate. And as a result, he says, the old wineskin breaks and the new wine is spoiled or wasted. 
You don't do that. He says, if you're going to bring in the new wine, make sure that the wineskin that you're putting it in is capable of expanding. Capable of expanding in order to accommodate the new wine, the new thing that is being done. Are you hearing me? So, so, so Jesus is talking about change and, 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 and this is a period of transition. We're about to officially lay hands on Pastor Katani and install her officially. I mean, she's already functioning, but we're going to be installing her officially today. So this is a historic event. As the lead pastor of Restoration, this is a time of transition. Change has happened. Change is happening. And change will happen. And so in verse 39, Jesus says, No man also having drunk old wine immediately desires to new, for he says the old is better. What is Jesus acknowledging at this point? Jesus is acknowledging how difficult change can be. He's saying, you know, when people have had the old wine for a while, they get so used to the old wine, you know, they decide the old wine is the best. And and when you try to bring in the new wine, they, there's a tendency to resist it and to begin to ask questions. <laughs> What's wrong with the old wine? This is better. We've, it's worked for us all of these years. Why are you trying to change that? Why are you trying to give us something different from what we're used to? We've become used to this. We like this. We don't see a need to change this. This is better. And so Jesus admits that when you're trying to introduce new wine and change, for some people, it's very difficult to accept that there may be something better than what they have been used to. And so the initial response is to resist. So change is essential. It's not a luxury. But change, Jesus admits, because of the nature of human beings and the way we are wired, can be challenging and difficult, more so for some than for others. So they did a study, and they were trying to find out how people respond to change. And they found that about 16% of people will be early innovators and adopters, when you introduce change, about 16% are going to be ready and willing to embrace it. Some more quickly, but that group is open. And then you got about 68%, I believe, in the middle there that, you know, they're not going to resist it, but they just won't be too enthusiastic about embracing it. They're, they're going to wait and see. They're going to watch. And, 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 and over time, they will gradually accept the change, though not enthusiastically, but they will eventually come along and embrace it. And then there is the other 
And, and in that group, you're going to have the antagonists. In that group, you're going to have people who are going to resist the change and talk bad about the change and tell you all the reasons why the change shouldn't happen and, and who are going to resist the change. Some of them openly, some of them not so openly, but there's going to be resistance. Now, in that 16%, you will find a smaller group of about 3% who I don't care what you say, what you do, They've already decided they're not going to change. And if you keep talking about change, they are just going to lead. And so, Pastor Katani, you may have already started experiencing it already. But think it not strange. <laughs> Concerning the fiery trial, that is the trial. Let's celebrate the 16% that are early adopters. Let's give God thanks for them. Say hallelujah. Amen. Who understand that this is a period of transition. This is a period of change. And they're ready to embrace the change. And to run with whatever God is doing. Let's thank God for the middle 68% or so. That eventually, you know, they're going to stick around. Eventually, they'll, they'll come on board. They may not be as enthusiastic. They may not be cheerleaders for the change. But they will comply. They will follow. They will cooperate. Let's pray for the 16% that are going to resist. And hopefully, hopefully, if not all of them, many of them will eventually see the wisdom of the change and embrace it. So, don't think it's strange. You're going to deal with those kinds of people and those kinds of responses as the Spirit of God begins to do some new things with you and with your church. Don't this transitional period. Are you okay with that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are different reasons why people resist change. I'm not going to take the time to, to suggest what all of those reasons might be. But I do know that one of the reasons people resist change is just they don't want to give up what they're used to. You know, they don't want to put in the effort that it takes to do something different. They don't want to learn new skills. They don't want to just, you know, I, this is what I know to do. You just don't want to give up what you're used to. And for some reason, you can't convince yourself that what you're changing to will actually be better for you. That reminds me of my mother. My mother, we grew up, I, I'm from Liberia. And we grew up, and in Liberia, we don't eat, eat uncooked greens. You know, anything that's green, vegetables, etc. you cook it before you eat it. You don't, you don't eat it raw. And so when my mother came to the States for the first time when I was a student at Oral Roberts, I took her to one of the restaurants and thought I was doing her something. I thought I was doing good. And we, we, we ordered salad. Green, nice, delicious-looking salad. We placed it before her. She looked at it. You could tell from her expression, you know, what is this? You know, and then she managed to take a little bit and put it in her mouth and started to chew. And that was, the, that was it for that day. Amen. And she, she said, what is this, grass? That was her initial reaction. But over the course of the months she was with us, we kept, you know, putting the salad, encouraging her to try it. And thank God she was gracious enough to try. And to try. And after a while, 
Salad became one of her most favorite, quote unquote, American foods. She fell in love with uncooked greens. All it took was an open mind, as much as she didn't like what it tasted like initially, she would have much rather we put before her what she was used to, some cooked greens. Thank God her mind was open enough for her to at least try it. And with an open mind and some time, let me say this to these folks. With an open mind and some time, let me say to these folks, with an open mind and some time, and let me say to those who are watching, all of the members of RCF who are not here, wherever you are, God bless you. With an open mind and some time, some of the changes that are going to happen that you initially think are just not right or not going to be good for the church will become some of the things that you most appreciate about your church. Say hallelujah. Some of the changes that you might be inclined to resist will become the thing that God uses most to introduce life and health and strength into this congregation, empowering this congregation like never before to reach this community. I appeal to you, be open-minded and give the changes some time if you are one of those who initially don't understand why. Amen? You don't have to love it right away, but just be open-minded and see what God will do with that nice, delicious green salad that is so nutritious and so actually good for you. Are you listening to me? Say hallelujah. So, so, so let's quickly, let's quickly, let's quickly look at Jesus's response because again, I don't want to be long. There, there are four statements that he made and I'm saying to you, every statement there provides us some insight that can guide us during this period of transition. Let's look at the first statement Jesus said. And that was in response to the question that they asked, you know, why are you eating and why are you drinking with tax collectors and sinners? Amen? And like I said, embedded in that are a number of other questions and thoughts. They're saying, why are you allowing these people to think these people to think that serving God is a celebration. Why are you allowing them to think that serving God is so easy? Aren't you, by feasting with sinners, aren't you approving of their lifestyle? Aren't you encouraging them? Aren't you making it too easy? And by the way, don't you realize that there are certain people, it's part of the tradition, it's part of the religion, there's certain people that good and godly and religious people are not supposed to be in fellowship with? 
Jesus, this is a long-established tradition. Good, righteous people don't eat with sinners, especially sinners of this type, publicans. Why are you trying to change that? Why are you messing with our tradition? Why are you messing with the system? This is the way it's been. This is what we've taught. This is how we've lived. This, this is the relationship that we've had with these people. Why are you trying to change that? Why are you messing with that? And Jesus says, listen, I didn't come for the righteous. It is the sick that needs a physician. I'm a physician. I come looking for sinners. Because they're the ones that need to be saved. They're the ones that need to be repentant. So what is the change? Jesus is saying, listen, there needs to be a change in your priorities. He's saying, going forward, and he's teaching his disciples this. He said, we're going to replace the priorities of the old with some new priorities. And here is the new priority. Going forward, feasting with real sinners is going to take priority over fasting with so-called saints. Say, that's a change. Jesus is messing with their priorities. And he's saying prior to this, their priorities have always been themselves. It was always about them. But hey, I am introducing change. Change in your priorities. I'm teaching you disciples, feasting with real sinners is going to take priority going forward over fasting with so-called saints. Restoration, are you willing to allow God in this period of transition to change some of your priorities? Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm going to let, let you all figure out what those priorities are. I'm just, I'm just encouraging you during this period of transition to be open to some new priorities. There may be some things that have been the priorities of the church or your own personal priorities for many years. And God is going to be saying during this period, I want to change some priorities. Perhaps it might be you've been too focused on you. And, and what I want to do, I want to change that so that you can once again become focused on those folks out there who don't know me, who are lost, and who are on their way to hell. And we got to now establish some new priorities that are going to impact the way you spend your time, use your talents, and spend your money. So Jesus was talking about their priorities, and they didn't, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. And they intended for him to know they didn't like that. Don't mess with our priorities. Don't you know my family always comes first? Well, maybe not always. I just throw that out there. Didn't Jesus say, 
Let the dead bury the dead. Didn't, didn't this man come to Jesus and said, I need to go and bury my, my father? Family? And what did Jesus say? Let the dead, you go and seek first my kingdom. Maybe, maybe the priority is not always my family. Maybe we ought to be led by the Spirit and ask the Spirit what should take priority today when it comes to this matter. Maybe it's not always the family that should get the first portion of your income. I'm just suggesting that the same way you can set aside money for your family, maybe, maybe the Lord will have you to set some priorities regarding the kingdom that you haven't been used to because you've been used to simply spending your time or your money or using your talents just the way you please. Feasting with the saints when the Lord said, I've been fasting with the saints when the Lord is saying he wants you down to change your priorities and start feasting with some sinners. But I don't want to be long. I could go down that path quite a, quite a, quite a while. But Jesus wanted some priorities changed. And this is a time of transition. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I am sure I'm right when I say during this transitional period, God is going to be dealing with some of our priorities. Are you going to resist or not? Hmm? Well, quickly. So Jesus answered that. And then another thing Jesus said in answer to their questions, he said, uh, no man puts a piece of new garment upon the old. I, I explained that to you, that what he was saying is you don't destroy a new garment just because you want to keep the old one. That's what he's saying. This, he said, it's not wise. That's what he's saying. It's not wisdom to be so committed to keeping the old garment in place. To be so committed to the old garment, to like the old garment to such a degree that even though it's past the stage of its usefulness, you want to prolong its life to such a degree that you will literally take what is new, destroy that, just to keep what is old. Oh, come on, say to the person next to you, don't destroy what is good just because you want to hold on to what you already have or you're already used to. Amen? Now, in the immediate context, Jesus obviously was talking about the gospel, the gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom, and he's saying this gospel that I bring is not compatible with the old wineskin of the, uh, of, the, of the law. It's not compatible with the old garments of, of Judaism and, and Pharisaic legalism. It's not compatible. But back then, these people, these Pharisees and these scribes and these religious people who resisted change, they were so committed to the old that they were willing to destroy the new just to keep the old system in place, to keep the old structure in place. And Jesus is saying, that's not wisdom. 
There's a time when you need to recognize the old has served its purpose and its usefulness. And what wisdom it takes is that you're willing to let it go in order to make room for something completely new. But, but quite often what we do, we try to say, okay, well, let's compromise. Okay, we agree there's some things about the new that are good. So let's hold on to the old and just take this piece. Don't take all that is new. Let's take a piece of what is new and add it to the old. And try to make the old better. And Jesus said that's not wisdom because often when you do that, you find they don't match. Are you hearing me? And you're ending up now sacrificing the impact that the new could have. Because instead of embracing it totally and completely, you take just a piece of it, just a portion of it, and try to make it fit with what already is. Jesus said, in the end, you ruin both. The old doesn't work like it's supposed to, to the degree that it ever worked. And the new never gets an opportunity to truly become established and produce the kind of good it can produce. So in the period of transition, we got to be willing to recognize this old garment has served its purpose. Those old shoes were very comfortable, but I've worn them for quite a while. They got some holes now. It's time to let them, you know, give it away to Salvation Army or whatever. Maybe somebody else can do it. But yeah, retire. I like that. And see what God wants to do now. Say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, so, so don't, don't be so committed to what is that anything that is new, the only way you can accept it is if it's only going to make a small difference. But, the, the, but you're going to keep in place what you have. Don't do that. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. And when God has made it clear that the old has served its usefulness, it served its purpose, but it's time for it to be retired, retire it completely and let the new come in. And at some point, if you will embrace the new fully, the new will begin to make a difference and an impact in a way that the old never could and never can. Yeah, but, but Jesus, Jesus said a little bit more than that. Jesus also said, he said, new wine needs to be put into new wineskins. He says because the new wineskins will be able to handle the new wine. But the old wineskin that is set in its way, that has lost its ability to expand, will not be able to handle the new wine. So if you are taking in new wine, be prepared to have new wineskin. Certain structures are going to have to change. Certain ministries will have to change. 
certain ministries will have to be replaced altogether. I don't know all that God has done, but I do know that there will be a need for the old wineskins to be replaced, to accommodate the new. And what Jesus is saying here to you, individual members of Restoration, don't be an old wineskin. Don't act like, behave like, conduct yourself like an old wineskin. Don't be set in your ways. Don't allow what was to stop what can be. What Jesus is saying this time of transition, be open. Be flexible. Be capable of expanding your mind. Be able to embrace what God is doing. Don't be an old wineskin. Because if you are, if you allowed your mind to be so set and established on the old, you will literally become a hindrance to what God wants to do. And if there are enough of you with that attitude, what is going to happen is the new thing God wants to do will be wasted. And the new experiences you would have, the new joy you would have, but the new wine you would be drinking would be lost. Lost not just to you, but also lost to the sinners who also need that new wine. You see, when your priorities are changed, and now it's not just feasting or fasting with the saints, but now you want to feast with the sinners, you got to understand that if the new wine is wasted, it is not just you who are deprived of the joy that it would bring. You have deprived those out there who need to experience the new wine of the Spirit, the new wine of grace, the new things God wants to do, not just for you, but for them. So it's costly to the church. And it's costly to the kingdom. And it's costly to the sinners. And it's costly to you when you're unable to receive because you have become stuck in your ways. No, no, Jesus said, you can't make the friends of the bridegroom to fast when the bridegroom is present. He says there will be a time 
when it'll be appropriate to fast. But not now. Because the bridegroom is here. Notice Jesus did not say there's never a time to fast. What he did say is, there's a season for fasting. And that season is not now. There's a season for rejoicing. And this is the season for rejoice. In other words, restoration. There are seasons in God's dealings with his people. And when the seasons change, my goodness, Jesus said, you've got to be ready to change with the season. You can't be acting and behaving and dressing in winter when it's minus 20 degrees as though it's summer when it's 80 degrees outside. It's appropriate to dress light when it's summer. But when the season changes, then you've got to understand it's a new season and change appropriately so that you're able to cooperate with the season. Otherwise, you get in trouble. This is a new season. You may have not called for it. You may have not wanted it. But it is. And it's not an accidental season. It's a season by design. We don't understand all the ramifications and we will get to heaven to know all the whys. But I say to you, this season that begins today in a new way is not accidental or incidental. It's a season by design. It's intentional. And this new season calls for a people who are ready to embrace the changes the new season demands. Will you do so? Will you cooperate? with what the Spirit of God himself is doing now and what he has in store for restoration tomorrow. In Jesus' name. As much as Pastor Katani and Pastor Felix loved each other, co-founded this work, were one in so many ways, Pastor Felix was Pastor Felix. Pastor Katani is Pastor Katani. And I submit to you, it's not an accidental change. It's a change by design. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Say, Lord, thank you for the new season.
Come on, let's raise our hands. Give God some thanks. Let's, let's, let's open ourselves now. Open our minds and, and let the Lord know we don't intend to be no old wineskin. We're going to be new wineskins. Amen. We're going to be open to what God wants to do in Jesus' name. Raise your hand and just begin to acknowledge that out of your own mouth. You begin to declare what your attitude is going to be. What is your attitude going to be right now? Are you going to be open? Are you going to be embracing? Are you be, going to be willing? Are you going to cooperate? Are you going to flow? Come on, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead and make your declaration to God. Say to God, God, I'm ready for the new season. I'm ready for the changes. I'm open to what you're doing. I'm not going to be set in my ways. I'm not going to allow what was to, be, to, to prevent what can be. Lord, I open my life to be a vessel during this time. New priorities, I'm willing to make them. New commitments, new skills, new things I have to learn, new things. Lord, I am open to whatever this season will require of me in the name of Jesus. Amen. And may the Lord give you, the members of restoration, the grace needed. Because change can be challenging. May the Lord give you the grace and the strength and the wisdom and the resolve to let God by His Spirit have His way and to work through your new lead pastor as He deems fit during this period. In Jesus' name. And if you're watching and you're a member of Restoration, I know you couldn't be here today. But I pray wherever you are, making the same kind of resolve to allow God in this season to use you like he's never used you before to fulfill the purpose that he's ordained for restoration Christian fellowship in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you thank you officially be installing uh, Pastor Katani Gilbert as senior pastor, lead pastor of uh, Restoration Christian Fellowship. And we know that she and Pastor Felix together are also the founding pastors of this church. So a lot of things are going to remain the same. But a lot of things will change. We want to pray with her. We want to pray for her. We want to support her. We want to use all that God has put in us for the advancement of his kingdom, for the expansion of this church, not just in the Denver area, but around this nation and even the world. Say hallelujah. So I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Katani to come. I'm going to invite Pastor Dennis Jeffrey to please come. I'm going to invite Bishop Musa Kofe. Bishop Kofe is assistant presiding bishop for Harvest Intercontinental Ministries, over which I am the presiding bishop. And he lives and ministers in Houston, Texas. 
Hallelujah. And we're going to ask you to be prayerful during this time. Be worshipful during this time. Participate in what is about to happen. The three men who are up here with simple instruments by whom and through whom we believe the Spirit of God himself will install her. We're simply the, the representatives of the Lord, but it is the Lord himself who is alive in us and who's the head of the church who is going to be laying his hands upon her. We're going to be praying, and I believe with all of my heart that this is not just a mere ceremony, but that God by his spirit will be doing some awesome things in her and in the congregation. Those of you who have said yes and have embraced this season, I want you to know that even while she is being prayed for and ministered to, God is going to be ministering to you because as Christ is the head of the church, so the local pastor represents him as the head of this local assembly. So you are connected spiritually to one another in a way that is mysterious but real. The church is not just an organization you join. It's the body of Christ. It's a mystical union that exists between us and our Lord and between us and one another. We're literally members of one of another in Christ Jesus. So whatever is happening in her as the head of this local church on the Christ is also going to be happening in you who are united to her. So this moment is also special for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't know whether we have this on the, on the but it, could we just, could you just lead us in, in a brief, one, one song of worship. Let's just, let's just worship the Lord right now.
Yes, we love you, Lord. And that's why our hearts are filled with praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dennis Jeffrey, who is also one of the three presbyters that Pastor Felix had asked to serve this local church, will now lead in the charge both to Pastor Katani and to this congregation. So, congregation, we're going to ask you to respond appropriately as he will lead and direct you to Jesus. Thank you, Bishop. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Katani Gilbert has been appointed by Christ to minister in Restoration Christian Fellowship as senior pastor. We gather now to install her formally as senior pastor and to pray fervently for her ministry to bear much fruit for the glory of God. Pastor Katani, we charge you to faithfully shepherd God's flock teach God's word and to equip the saints for the work of Christ's ministry to the best of your ability, the Holy Spirit being your helper. And dear friends in Christ here at Restoration Christian Fellowship, beloved in the Lord, we charge you to faithfully support and cooperate with your pastor, to pray for and love your pastor, and to faithfully lovingly serve in building up RCF according to the gifts that God has graciously given to each one of us. So Pastor Katani, we charge you and we ask you in the presence of Almighty God, will you accept this ministry with dependence upon the grace of God for fulfilling RCF's God-given vision? If so, please respond with, I will, God being my helper. I will. God be my helper. Amen. Amen. And then congregation, here is your charge. Will you, be, will you open your hearts and your lives to the ministry of Pastor Katani and enthusiastically support her through your prayers and cooperation? If so, please respond together with, we will, God being our helper. We will. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise right now? And Pastor Katani and RCF, please receive this blessing. May the love of God the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon all of you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask all of you who can to stand. We're going to have Bishop Musa Kofi now pray for Pastor Katani in a particular and special way. May the anointing of God give him utterance even as he prays. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. It is you who calls. It is you who ordains. It is you who anoints. Our Father, we thank you for Pastor K. Our Father, we present her to you 
on this glorious day that fresh oil, fresh anointing from heaven, from your throne will rest upon her now. In the name of Jesus, let there be, O oh God, fresh fire from heaven, fresh anointing, greater grace to fulfill this office, to fulfill this mandate, to fulfill this vision. God, thank you that she picks up from here this moment. Oh God, and you will take her Father, Father Not just geographically But spiritually To fulfill Your vision for this house Fulfill the mandate of this house In the name of Jesus Lord, I declare and I decree Greater grace Greater anointing Fresh fire from heaven Upon the woman of God in the name of Jesus, uh, my God, my God, my God, release upon her now. Release, I release upon you, I release upon you. Fresh anointing, fresh fire, fresh anointing, fresh fire, fresh oil from heaven in the name of Jesus. Uh, receive, receive fresh anointing, receive fresh oil. Receive fresh fire. Do not be afraid. Rebo sira bahandeya. Do not be afraid. Arabo kondolobo. The Lord releases fresh anointing, fresh fire from heaven in the name of Jesus. Ha, ha. Yeah, Lord. Fresh fire, fresh anointing. The wisdom of God. The leading of the Holy Spirit to hear the voice of God and to do his bidding in the name of Jesus. 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 Receive fresh fire. Receive boldness. Receive boldness in the spirit to declare the full counsel of God's word. To declare the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. To lead the sheep in the way he leads you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for fresh oil. Thank you for, oh my God, thank you for fresh anointing. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you, oh God, for supernatural strength. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor Katani Gilbert, I take this oil that represents the Holy Spirit. And as I anoint you with this oil, in Jesus' name, I release by His grace and by His authority a fresh measure of his anointing for this new level of responsibility that he has entrusted to you in his kingdom. You shall not lack 
for wisdom. But Jesus is made unto you wisdom. You shall not lack for power. For the Holy Spirit having come upon you, induce you with power from on high. You will not lack for strength. For the Lord enables you to do all things needed through the strength that Christ in you supplies. Pastor Katani, the Lord will be your shield. The Lord will be your defense. He will surround you and he will keep you. His great love for you will undergird you. The light of the sun in you will support you and make you able. The light of the spirit that emanates from you shall overcome all darkness. I declare over you in Jesus' name that this work will go from glory to glory. I declare in the name of Jesus who chose you that he's ordained you to bring forth much fruit. And he who has ordained you is able by his power and by his spirit at work in you to cause you and to cause restoration to be more fruitful than you've ever even dreamed possible. And by faith I declare that you shall break forth on the left and on the right that the Lord should expand your borders, the borders, the borders, the territory over which you will serve. The Lord expanded. The Lord multiply you. And the Lord multiply restoration. In this season, Lord, you will do it. It's not by might and it's not by her power nor by the power of the members of restoration. But by your power, it shall be so. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And you shall mount up with wings as an eagle. You shall run and not be weary. And you shall walk and not faint. The spirit of the eagle. That which was revealed in scripture concerning the ministry of Christ, the eagle, concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit, rests and manifests upon you and cause you by his power to soar. Like the eagle, you will be able to see far beyond what normal and ordinary men are able to see. God is going to give you an ability to perceive things things that are close but things that are far long before others even know what's coming you will know say so Lord because he will open your eyes I know you already have that working in your life but Pastor Katani by the spirit of God I hear the Lord saying it's gone to a completely different level you will be able to lead this church into the fulfillment of God's promise because God will cause you to see. You will have clarity supernaturally given to you by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, church, give God some praise. Your pastor will have this supernatural ability. It's not hers, it's God working in her. But just like Jesus knows all things, he's gonna allow her to participate in some of that. He's gonna open her eyes to see and perceive things long before some of us. And because she can see, she will be better able to plan. That is a grace that is rest, resting upon her and that will turn out to be a tremendous blessing for you as a church and even for some of your families in particular. Listen to me. God's word is always supreme and will never be led by anything that is not consistent with God's word. But within the framework of God's word, God is going to show her things for your good and for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.